0: Hey everybody! Welcome to it came from I'm here with Laura Sosa.
1: Hi, hi Dan.
0: Hey, hey for the first time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Totally.
0: Uh, I'm Daniel Chu. We're gonna be talking about some hard news at the top. It's uh, well.
1: First, how was your week, Dan? I haven't seen you. It's
0: good. I've been working a lot, and uh, that's about it. But what have you been doing? flying and all just, over the place
1: yeah i just got back to miami and then i leave tomorrow again
0: jet setter
1: you know um i was what i hate about flying what's that people
0: yeah that's being enclosed <laughs> in a thing with. i hate it, like
1: i don't even care about that i like i love turbulence because it's like oh i don't know full body massage.
0: Well no, I'm just being enclosed with the
1: people that doesn't bother me. It's just the people in general.
0: Right.
1: Just in general. Yeah. Even in the airport. Even outside of the airplane. Do you talk to them? Nope. I mind my business. Yeah,
0: you gotta not talk to them.
1: And also it helps that uh, most of the time I'm like writing these episodes on a plane next to people so when they see what I'm looking at, nobody wants to talk to me.
0: Yeah. Because you have like weird murder scene photos, gory. A
1: lot of weird stuff. And actually, um, this funny thing happened, like this morning or last night—I don't even know because of the time—but I was going through t- through TSA and I had um, my mic in my bag, and I didn't take it out. Right. And the TSA guys thought that it was a sexual device. Oh, okay. Like they were whispering about it, and I, you know. I'm
0: seeing it in the camera now. I kind of. Like I can hear I them, and I'm
1: like, it's a microphone. And the guy was like, "Oh, you, you can hear me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you fucking dick." <laughs> but, you know... Did
0: you make him feel bad about it?
1: No, I didn't, because, you know, it's a hard job that they have, so whatever humor they can find...
0: He was probably like, yeah, right.
1: I, no, he took it out of my bag. He searched my whole bag. Okay. You know, whatever humor they can find in their day. More power to them.
0: Oh, that was... That's... <laughs> he was targeting you for that, I guess. Yeah,
1: because he's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, what do you think it is? First of all, it's shaped like one of those... Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Those why um, bluetooth speakers... Yeah. It's shaped like a bean. So, it's like, why wouldn't you jump to that conclusion first? Who
0: knows? Whatever. Who knows? They, it's, uh, they probably do it on the off chance that it's a dildo. Yeah,
1: they're probably hoping for the dildo.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, I would. Maybe next time I'll pack one just to give them, you know, something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine getting a dildo confiscated to the TSA? What a life. Anyways. Oh,
0: that's not against the regulations. No, definitely not. So, um, well, tell me. There's what's good. some cool movies coming out. Um bill murray is going to be in the dead don't die and that's a horror comedy film
1: is that the one where which, if the zombie comes out of its cave and sees its shadow then it's going to be winter forever
0: yes yes mm-hmm. but then you know then it's kind of like that show russian doll
1: haven't seen where it where
0: the same day happens over and over again
1: i haven't seen that
0: it's pretty good um on uh, this is coming out on june 14th and it's got uh everyone's favorite star wars actor Adam Driver in it.
1: That really weird boy from Girls.
0: Yeah, he was weird in Girls, right? But I thought he did a good job. He
1: w- was literally everyone I dated in Girls.
0: I thought his character was weird, but yeah. Well, okay, yeah. you sure not how to pick him. Um,
1: no, I'm making better choices now, which is I'm dating no one.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's the best. That's the best. The best choice. The best choice. Um, and then The Lodge, too. Which is uh, like an indie film that was picked up by a company called Neon. Uh, well,
1: Neon sounds weird, I don't know. but we watched that trailer earlier, yeah. and and there's that I think it's a Heaven Heaven's Gate reference there
0: with the shrouds.
1: Yeah, and it's also very like you said, it was very hereditary esque.
0: Yeah,
1: there's miniatures, which well, there was. Min- yeah, right. I've always right. wanted to make a dollhouse like that. Yeah, and Hobby Lobby sells all the supplies. I just I don't want to be that person.
0: I'm doing that right now. I'm like built painting, mini- mini- painting miniatures again. i are trying to.
1: Oh, that's why you do those things.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I've been like looking up uh, like sculpting, but I don't know if I'm that good. I don't think oh, so. Well,
1: you'll never know until you try.
0: Yeah. I'm going to f- I'm gonna f- fail at that too.
1: You should make some. I'll buy one. <laughs> make an Etsy. Sad Dan's little baby toys.
0: It's not, that's it's sad. not sad. It's, I love it's not it. sad. Yeah. It's cool.
1: But just call it that for the brand.
0: Yeah. Sad Dan's
1: and every order comes with a package of your tears a little bottle
0: no dude it's it's gonna be fun they're gonna be cool like fucking killer miniatures mm-hmm. with like blood and guts uh what and also orcs um then uh for tv news for those that like don't like the big screen <laughs> um what we do in the shadows is coming out with a second season is they're gonna get renewed for a second season
1: which is weird. Didn't the other one come out like ten years ago, or not? To, you know what I mean. It was a long time ago.
0: The 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 show
1: or the movie? I'm guessing, thinking about the movie. Right, the
0: movie came out a while ago, but I guess this is like a show now, which I haven't seen it, but it's so funny. I like the guy. That's I like the main dude. He was in uh yeah, he was in Flight of the Conchords. Van Novak, I think. I don't know. Yep. Maybe not. Anyway, so you got anything?
1: Anyways, most importantly, Dan, what was your favorite look at the Met Gala?
0: Oh, I liked Cardi (laughs) B. Um, She was my favorite. She did look a lot like Griffith when he turns into a demon. Mm -hmm. So that was cool.
1: I loved it. I can't believe you actually saw it. I was just kidding. And then... You always surprise me. Right.
0: So Cardi B was yours too? I don't know. Maybe that was... Yeah, yeah. Too generic.
1: She can do no wrong because she's Dominican. I'm Dominican. She's wearing
0: a comforter, you know.
1: Anyways, let's get to what we're getting to. Right. Mothers, am I right?
0: Yeah, that, oh man. <laughs> talk about no, the things that could mess you up. Mothers is on the top of the list.
1: Mothers. Mothers always get the, you know, the shitty end of the stick, right?
0: Mm, right. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Right. I mean, because, you know, a dad can always leave, but then it's like. Yeah,
0: but it depends, you know. The, yeah, the, you there's know what like I mean. law stuff that's on the side of mothers, too, so we could talk about how that goes. Okay,
1: but for some reason, when it comes to horror movies, mothers. From what I've seen, are only portray- portrayed in a few fantastical ways, that are totally non-realistic. Like you have the mothers who are like very nice, and then by night get revenge by killing people, who made fun of you in third grade, or you get like those moms that are that are reluctant mothers, but always feel like there's something not quite right about their baby. Right you know like like those are the ones i usually see like
0: i raised a monster because of an extension of myself
1: yeah yeah, yeah. or your baby's born right. and it's like oh uh, satan's child i don't know right but um i don't know about you guys out there but my mom doesn't fall into any of those camps mm. and most importantly she doesn't fall into what we're discussing today which is the smother mother can you say that like in a more metal voice dan for me smother mother I don't know. All right, perfect. Do it again. No,
0: that's once. You only get once. Sneak.
1: I paid good money for you.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. You, you got to get a refund.
1: <laughs> I lost the receipt.
0: Oh, no. Take a, but yeah, take a restocking um, fee.
1: So our definition of a smother mother in horror would be a mom who what then is
0: It's like what? overbearing, I would think. And then probably keeps their child in isolation for fear of definitely um
1: Um, emotionally manipulative
0: right and then
1: but (laughs) all women am i right
0: neglectful a lot of the times it's um what you know they they don't do for the child as opposed to what
1: or maybe what what they they overly do for the child right so yeah i believe that this kind of mom is the most realistic representation in horror movies of what a real mom could be I'm not saying that all mothers who care like too much about their kids are some other mothers or that they have to chuck all those you know, boxes. What I'm saying is that I take more credence in an abusive mother versus one who kills people or one who thinks their baby is Satan's child. Is that fair?
0: That's fair. And like, I feel like that does happen where a lot of people will have like Munchausen by proxy. Oh yeah. And have, well, that's kind of, or, or just be like super overbearing. So that is a very prominent thing in society.
1: Like child abuse child abuse is a very real thing and it can manifest in a lot of ways. Like you know, cause lasting effects and you know, it's terrifying. But at the end of the day, a smother mother is a mom who's prohibitive and who's overpowering nature produces violent tendencies in her children. Yeah. And we have so many of those in horror.
0: Like we, we have a lot. There was there's so many right? to even talk about. I mean, there's some like comical ones too, but
1: Yeah, so many. Yeah, so we had to condense today's list to like five or six because it was too much.
0: Right, because then there's there's a lot to analyze from these movies too.
1: Too much. In the best-selling book A Generation of Vipers by Philip Wiley, Wiley says that
0: the ideal of motherhood in American society bred women who suffocated their sons by pampering them. Because of that, a generation of American men were growing up emasculated, dependent, and conformist.
1: So this book was published in 1946. And to me, that whole statement feels a little bit misogynistic, and it's like men putting men down for being quote unquote soft or just a regular guy. Right. Does that make sense? Like, it really be your own kind sometimes.
0: No, totally, totally. I mean that it. I get what you. I get that that's like a, a prominent stereotype, in it, it, even amongst other dudes, to just be like macho all the
1: time. Yeah, like it's okay to cry. It's not, you know, it's not right. But whatever. But this fear was very prominent in the 50s and one of the most extreme representations of that fear would be the relationship between norman bates and his mom norma bates very creative names there <laughs> um they're in alfred hitchcock's cycle of course from the 1960s and norman is a seemingly nice normal guy but then we find out that he has a lot of levels two to be exact in my opinion right we find out that he has very deep mommy issues and he even dresses up as her to commit murders yeah and the ending of Psycho literally has a psychiatrist telling us what's good with Norman and his girlfriend, Mommy.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a big reveal. Like, kind of like in case you didn't know.
1: There's a whole debate behind that whole scene even being included, but...
0: Right. Some people feel that it ruins the movie, but...
1: It does, but mm-hmm. they had to do it for studio reasons.
0: Oh, is that... There was studio pressure?
1: Yeah, yeah, because the studio said that without it... He wanted to cut it, but the studio said that without it, it would leave uh, people with a lot of questions and with a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. which is something that, you know, back then wasn't very normal. Right. So the studio, it was, you know, the people who were paying for it wanted it in there. So that's what happened.
0: Okay. That's cool.
1: So at the end, the psychiatrist explains that Mrs. Bates is responsible for Norman's condition because she was clingy and demanding. Right. And that's not an excuse because so is my mother and I don't, you know dressed up as her and killed yeah, people yeah
0: but there's there's way more there's
1: more I know there's I think more
0: they had way more to do with the isolation and the Oedipus conflicts
1: yeah I mean he's in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in a little motel as we all know Psycho's based on a novel by um Robert Block Is that how do you say it? Block or Blosh
0: Block Block a. Block K
1: Block right I have no idea it's not, there's no K in there it's a C-H Blosh yeah no, I'm gonna sound so stupid the rest of the episode if I keep saying Block so just say
0: call him Rob no
1: I'm gonna say Block and you know what, y'all can correct me. Anyways, so some take it as fact that Block was a Block based Norman Bates on Ed Gein. On Ed Gein. Right. And we all know who Ed Gein. Give us a, a synopsis on Ed Gein, there.
0: Oh, we talked about him a lot, but we've actually talked about him before. He's the guy, the serial killer who.
1: No, not a serial killer. No. He only killed two people. Well, he just he Doesn't... just
0: made uh he made things out of them.
1: Yeah, but he he only killed two people, but he did dig up a lot of bodies and do shit with their their skin, but not a serial killer. Oh, wow. According to, you know.
0: What, does it take five? Is that the the old I don't know the exact
1: number, but it's not true. He's just, he killed two people.
0: I mean, that's interesting to think, like, because some people were like, would become serial killers if left unchecked, you know, so.
1: I mean, I'm sure he would have eventually moved on to that path, Mm -hmm. but when he, you know, got apprehended and stuff, it was only two kills
0: damn well again so yeah Ed Gein, well props to the police and edgin uh did inspire a lot
1: of uh oh for sure and
0: people but but apparently not norman Bates. well they do
1: have a lot of similarities such as uh they both were obsessed with their moms who were abusive they both had deceased fathers they both had creepy post-mortem mommy shrines they both dabbled in light cross-dressing and you know they both killed people but block in block's autobiography which is called once around the block. Oh, Listen. Oh.
0: So I guess we I guess we know how to say it now, though.
1: Yeah, he's my hero because I love a pun. Yeah. So he say he states in his autobiography that he knew very little concerning the Gein case and virtually nothing about Gein himself. Okay. And I did read somewhere that they did live about thirty miles away from each other, but when Gein was found, he was almost done with psycho, like he was like, or had just wrapped up with it.
0: Okay, so Gene
1: So it, it, you know, it's all like, you know, hearsay. Right. And physically speaking, they have no similarities. In the in the actual novel, Norman is described as a plump, uh 40-year-old middle-aged guy with glasses. Right. And as we know, Gene was like stringy, had a smile. Right. You know, he was they just didn't look alike. Maybe Gene looks more like Norman movie, but older. But Norman in the book was, you know, chubby with glasses and older.
0: Okay. So could it have been just like, I guess, maybe like life imitating art because that was like a, a, a common thing, like an over pampered, like mama's boy of the day, kind of? Definitely,
1: I think so. Yeah. But I did more research on this and surprisingly found another person who, who Block almost definitely based Norman's character on. Okay. And his name was Calvin Beck. Calvin Beck was a Castle of Frankenstein magazine publisher and editor. You know, one of those horror magazines, but it was one of the most successful ones at the time. Calvin was himself a plump and bespectacled man who was part of Bloch's group of friends. And everywhere Calvin went, so did his mother. Oh, gosh. So apparently, this was common knowledge amongst Block's group of friends. But it wasn't discussed because Calvin was part of the group and, you know, his feelings, you know, might be hurt. That, you know, that would suck. Uh, but Calvin's mother was loud, dominating, and man-hating and followed him around almost everywhere. She even attended college classes with him.
0: Oh Well, I mean, it sounds like she just wanted to like get it, further her education and audit some classes.
1: Definitely not. And you, you know, know what's so weird? I remember in high school, there was this girl. I forgot her name. Don't I wish say her name. Could, I wish I could find... Look, Leave her if alone. If I had her government name right now, I would tell y'all because this is hilarious. Yeah,
0: you would because you're the worst.
1: Her mother would walk her to class. Every morning. Like to homeroom.
0: You didn't learn anything from that Stephen King novel.
1: No. Leave her alone. No. Whatever. No. Whatever. She's, she, she's married now with seven kids. So she chose her path. Oh, she is? Yeah,
0: she is. Oh, that's the path. That's now. the path. Seven. seven. That's it's a holy number.
1: <laughs> so once Calvin had an emotional outburst and he said.
0: You have to understand my mother. I'm the only son she has. And I have to live with it. She not, never allows me to have any friends.
1: I mean, his mother could also be a girlfriend, really.
0: Ooh, well, I mean that's taking the edifice conflicts to a next level.
1: you know not a regular girlfriend but you know it's
0: kind of there's like a lot of uh uh hentai about that nowadays and even like
1: you wouldn't know about the hentai.
0: Oh, uh, you know, it's out there. it was weird. It was a thing for a while. It was like a weird mock like even in real porn. I don't know. I would, I don't watch that stuff, but...
1: Mm-hmm, sure. The expert doesn't watch that stuff. I just
0: know that there was a trend. It was a trend.
1: Hey, porn is safe and natural, okay?
0: No, I'm, I'm not. No, it's fine. It's
1: no, I know. But guess what? Surprise, surprise. Calvin, I don't know how, married someone who was just like his mother. And they all lived together in the same house. Oh. Like, fucking kill me. You think they had threesomes? Uh,
0: oh, I hope so. Um
1: yeah me too because if you're gonna yeah. go that if you're gonna go that way just go all it. the way
0: That's it's fine but I mean everyone kind of like you know like I, th- I think that's a thing you you, I could find I could find myself attracted to not girls that remind me of my mother but that Bro, probably have certain traits
1: this is unrecorded this is recorded and out there
0: whatever that's it's not no no
1: no you do thing. you I'm just saying you do you
0: I don't know it's kind of Freudian but it's it, it, yeah
1: Speaking yeah, like, of homeboy, um, Block did explain that when he was writing Psycho, he was influenced by Freud, Freud's Oedipus theory because it was a very popular trend in the late 50s. And Freud's theories is basically...
0: Yeah, it's when a child has a desire for sexual involvement with the parent of the opposite sex and an accompanying rivalry with the parent of the same sex.
1: Which is, you know, really creepy. But also, I do remember being like three years old and getting really mad when my mom would dance with my dad because he was mine. Really? Yeah, but it was three. It wasn't sexual. I was just like, "Um, hello, that's my dad? Hands off. Right, right. So that's like a memory that I do have and I would yeah. cry.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, – uh, uh, some people do get it, I guess, but, but I think it's a little overblown to think it's like completely sexual. I never really ex- – experience
1: that yeah to think that it's to that extent or
0: maybe it's like a subconscious thing and you don't notice it but i
1: I just vividly remember being super jealous about my dad with anybody really Mm -hmm. because he's a great dad
0: that's good that's good
1: we all have our problems (laughs) hitchcock cycle was influenced by the oedipus fixation of block's novel but he was also influenced by cycle's very own screenwriter joseph stefano during the film's production, Stefano was in therapy dealing with issues he had with his own mother.
0: Oh, what kind of issues? And,
1: well, I don't know about all... I don't know the details. I was, couldn't find them. But he mentions to Hitchcock, Hitchcock that in his therapy sessions, they were getting into Fruity and stuff. Okay. Let me tell you. That sounds like mommy sexy time. But...
0: Oh, no. Come on. We can't jump to that You know, conclusion. allegedly.
1: Allegedly. What else is Freudian stuff?
0: I mean, it's all sexy, sex, sexy stuff. Everything is sexy stuff with Freud.
1: No, I'm not saying that he banged his mom. I'm just saying maybe he liked her a little too much.
0: That's that's true, but it could be more like just like overall like super ego, kind of ego id stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, but as we all know, at the end of the movie, the psychiatrist said that Norman took his mother's identity after he had killed her in a fit of Oedipal jealousy once she had taken a new lover.
0: Right and there's a part in the movie where uh he quotes like a son is a poor substitute for a lover so there might be like some sort of connotation of like sexual abuse or like diddling
1: yeah or maybe his Stefano's mom was just like single and like depended way too much on him for emotional support right it doesn't have to be sexual could be you know romantically emotional
0: but then also like there's repression because he mm-hmm. repressed his memories so much that he had to like become his mother to like so that she wouldn't uh be dead so that he could go on pretending that she was she was
1: alive yeah because he loved her so much her sweet sweet place.
0: no i think it's just more that he couldn't face the fact that he had done that right exactly because he put her as this on this pedestal, he put the the mom pussy on the pedestal on a pedestal. Just too too much.
1: Yeah. Um, also, fun fact: uh, the actor who plays Norman. Um, he has a line in the movie that says, "She had to raise me all by herself after my father died. I was only five, and it must have been quite a strain for her." And the actual actor, his parents, he was the only child, and he also. F- suffered the loss of his father when he was five years old and I was only raised by his mother. So it was very, uh, like, the same.
0: Hitchcock uh, said that Bates' femininity, feminine nature was the clue uh, throughout the film. Uh, I guess there was a lot of scenes where uh, he would kind of, the actor would walk, uh, kind of, like, swaying his hips. and.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, I know f- that you and I personally don't subscribe to the idea that those things equal gay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I know I don't.
1: I definitely don't. I'd
0: be labeled probably as such. So,
1: So you know. Um, and it should be noted that Hitchcock himself had some mommy issues. In his biography, he states,
0: As a child, I found solace in my mother's company and in my own. He also remarked that his mother would force him to stand at the foot of her bed for several hours as punishment.
1: And that's creepy. Because, I don't know, my parents never punished me.
0: No, never. You never got. And
1: this is why I'm this way.
0: Yeah. I. That's. I can't say the same. Uh. My dad's never, never going to listen to this. So.
1: But I'm sh- I'm sure your parents never punished you to that extent.
0: No, I got belted a couple times, but not. Not f- a foot of the bed. Creepily. Staring. Yeah. It's like.
1: You're my parents. I don't even want to look at your bed. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, get me away from there. Uh. Actually, like all the research that I've done for this episode has proven that just about everyone has mommy issues. And I think it's it's interesting that directors are able to, you know, take all their shit and put it on film. But can you imagine how awkward it would be to watch a movie with your mom that you directed that's like in regard, like it's like in this theme?
0: Yeah, I mean, I felt uncomfortable like just what during the 90s watching, like, or like 80s watching a bunch of movies because all movies had boobs in them back then so like it would be a sexy scene and i'd just be with my parents in the room and i would not want to be there
1: and is that i wonder if that's more weird for guys because you know as a baby you obviously get nourishment from breasts so you've already been there
0: that's true that's true
1: so that's even creepier
0: i mean i kind of don't remember that but
1: i mean i would hope not but yeah
0: if you could remember i think it was too long yeah
1: it's so creepy that you, you know, were there at one point.
0: You think that's part of it, that the attraction?
1: Thing? I don't know. Now that I think about it, yeah. I don't know. I mean I'm straight, so I don't have that same like I like really, for me it's just like, yeah, I was trying to drink my milk. What
0: do you think what do you think my foot thing I don't know. is then?
1: What foot thing? You have a foot thing now? I'm fucking done. <laughs> what the fuck, Dan? To, no now i have to know what the fuck is the, good with the foot thing tell me please and that's
0: what i'm asking i don't know what foot thing from. tell me <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm, I'm gonna, gonna,
1: gonna call every ex-girlfriend
0: <laughs> i was looking at i was just finding a tame one i have
1: a tame um, one <laughs> i for everybody i'm just like feverishly blinking right now and like what's happening
0: oh my god those, i know nothing those eyelashes are freaking whipping of a storm stop please
1: Dan, i need to know more about this
0: uh, no. It was a quick aside.
1: So after Psycho, we have 1974's Deranged. Directed by Jeff Gillen and Alan Ormsby. So, unlike Psycho, Deranged was actually inspired by Ed Gein. Oh, that's... Like, on purpose. And the movie follows um, Ezra Cobb, who's a middle-aged man who lives in the, in the rural Midwest town, like Ed Gein, duh. Um, after his mother, Amanda, passes away... He begins mm-hmm. a slew of serial murders and grave robberies like again, right? Amanda was of course a religious fanatic who raised Cobb to hate women. And it's like why are you why aren't you a woman? Like that's so confusing to me.
0: Well, that's a self-hate. That's like they they feel repro- repressed about their sexuality or their you know and they they want to shield their
1: Oh, their I get what you mean. But also you know? That's not your life to fuck up, you know. People have to go through their own bullshit.
0: Yeah, and that's another aspect of it too. They, a lot of people feel that their their children like are an extension of them.
1: Sure, but they also have their own lives to fuck up for themselves.
0: Oh, hey, can we can we add something to Psycho that I wanted to say? Okay, uh, and the there's uh, I read a thing uh, t- titled "The Pervert's Guide," which is a dot no i'm sorry that's the documentary but it the this cites it saying um that it was it was talking about how uh Norman Bates's house is three-layered three three stories and each one represents um the the three mm. uh parts of the mind according to Freud like the superego the ego and the id and when Norman Bates basically takes his his mom ma- corpse and carries it into the basement, that's when she takes over. And it's symbolic of uh, him taking her from the superego into the the id. So, yeah, that's I guess, I don't know.
1: Sure. I'm sorry. Amanda was a religious fanatic who raised Cobb to hate women. After her death, Cobb begins to experience auditory hallucinations that ultimately guide him to exhume his mother's corpse. Cobb proceeds to collect corpses and he is even aroused by them and it's important to note that Gene was not a serial killer like we talked about he had only committed two murders and he never engaged in necrophilia although necrophilia can mean that you're like that you have an interest in bodies but the term that most people use with it is that you're sexually aroused by them and engage in sex with them and Gene never did that allegedly
0: he, he he was just a product like
1: yeah, yeah. like he guy. wanted the skins right it was, you know, fair.
0: I mean, it's kind of cool. I'd have a, I'd want like a book of spells in human skin. I would You can probably get on, on Etsy. You think so?
1: Yeah. You can probably find one on Etsy made out of like maybe animal skin.
0: Yeah. You think someone's willing to donate their skin? Because that guy. People do it all the time. Had his friends over for dinner and they ate his foot. I, I don't remember where but that what was, is, but.
1: What about those? Um. That was. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. We're just, I'm going to gloss Never. over that. What about necropants? That's a thing those like Icelandic what's, folklore what's thing where you could, people cut off like from the waist down like their skin and they wear their pants their skin has pants you never seen necro pants don't even I, pretend I, I'm gonna show I, you right now no. what a necro pants is let me get on the googs for you just google it right now put necro pants ah corpse trousers
0: hey boo. Okay, I mean, I think it's not, are a pair of pants made of the skin of a dead man, which I believe, okay, but it's, it's, they're made from dead men. It's not like they cut their own.
1: No, 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 I know, but they're donated.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I,
1: I, Ew, it's so gross. I
0: would totally buy a pair of these.
1: I'm gonna fucking gag. I bet, but York has 10 pairs.
0: I Probably.
1: Can you get pants but with a vagina instead of a penis? Uh,
0: No. It only comes in penis.
1: Uh, well, it's twenty nineteen. Let's get let's do something about this Iceland. Anyways, yeah. so <laughs> the range was re- really good. Um, and you know, it just all these moms really suck. Yeah, and this is why therapy is for everybody.
0: And I guess from now it's it's kind of the religious tone stays a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean in
0: the in the uh, all
1: you had really back then is religion religion is like is the ultimate fear Mm -hmm. for most people
0: yeah and it's it's actually kind of common to have for that I'm not saying that it happens a lot but uh, you know that's that was kind of like the like what people
1: I mean growing up
0: conceived
1: growing up Caribbean everything was Satan's gonna get you.
0: yeah I went to Catholic school for eight years and, um, yeah, everything that, you know, they, they, like, we were taught that our sexuality was bad and like every, you know, everything was yeah, everything. Se- like sexually,
1: everything was the devil's going to get everything. you and everything mm-hmm. is bad. And here I sit with a full six, six, six satanic tattoo on my body. So that, you know, you know, I learned a lot.
0: I joined the temple of Satan because huh. I listened to a podcast. And I fi- figured out how easy it was. It's so easy.
1: So let's move on to uh, Brian De Palma. Ever heard?
0: Oh, De Palma. Yeah, no, I I don't know who that guy is. Uh, but he really did a really good job in this movie. Uh, with the adaptation, though.
1: Um, Brian De Palma had a very interesting relationship with his own mother. I don't know if you know the story, but his mom was troubled and attempted suicide because of his father constantly cheating on her. Uh, His mother told him that she needed documentation of an affair to get a divorce. And the palma, who was always recording and taping, he was always like curiously like voyeuristic in his life, not in a gross peeping Tom kind of way, but more like he was interested in people and watching them. So he rose to that challenge and he recorded his father's phone calls in early 1958 and followed him to work and took photos side of his window. Like, he was a detective, basically. Oh, my God. Then he made his move. He broke into his father's office, where he found what he was looking for. His father with a nurse.
0: Oh what a hero. So
1: then his parents divorced. He saved his mom from this marriage. And his father married the nurse. And then De Palma went on to direct Carrie. 1976.
0: That, that, that was the series of events?
1: I mean, it led him here.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he... That's crazy, man. He, I would have tried to extort extort my dad. Like, hey, now you gotta give me money
1: for sure. But imagine <laughs> being so so desperate and lonely to have to go to your child for help. Like these are like usually affairs of you know affairs and stuff like that. You know, mothers especially try to shield yeah. their children from from that. Yeah, and it's like I feel really bad for her.
0: Oh, so she actually went to him to...
1: Yeah, it's like kind of sad. It's like she had nobody to confide in but her children mm-hmm. or her son. And he was the youngest son. His older brother did nothing about it. Uh, so it's wild. Man,
0: he's a he's go-getter. Uh, that's that's that's, for, that's Clearly. really detective-y of him. Yeah, I'm
1: impressed. The... Um, as we all know, Carrie's based on Stev- uh, Stephen King's book, Carrie. the same name. Yeah. And it was the first book that of his that was into a movie. And King based Carrie on his own experiences teaching high school and his own anxiety till growing up. And he also based...
0: Yeah, he actually based Carrie on um, two two girls that he knew growing up too, pretty much.
1: Carrie was played by Sissy Spacek, who was a prom queen in real life, by the way. And it's about a lonely, repressed 16-year-old girl and her struggles at home and at school. Carrie struggles with uncontrollable and violent psychic abilities that stem from her anger. She's And she's, like, super angry all the time because she's bullied at school and her mom is another religious fanatic who we find out probably hates her daughter because she's a product of rape. Um, Carrie's mom is constantly quoting Bible verses at her, but none of the Bible verses are actually real. This is done to make the mother seem even more delusional. For example, she quotes Genesis chapter 3 to say that sexuality is evil, and that chapter is actually the story of Adam and Eve eating the forbidden fruit. Like, the... They just right. made it up to make her seem even more crazy.
0: Um, the the in, in the novel, it's written after the fact as a case study. Uh, it's, it's got elements of that in it uh, where it quotes like different case studies about th- this incident with uh, with like a telekinetic person.
1: So it's kind of like what we talked about during the sound footage episode.
0: Right, right. And, I learned uh, something. The, so the novel was written after the fact as sort of a case study and it deals with uh, a lot of the mother's abuses and, and neglects. And De Palma did a good job of... Uh, so the novel was written after the fact and it deals a lot more with the abuses of the mother. It's written as a case study, basically, uh, after this event with this telekinetic person. Uh, so there's a lot of psychology in it. Neglect and isolation play a big part in Carrie's upbringing, and it's more apparent than in, in Psycho, where it's more subtle. Um, in the first scene of the movie, she doesn't even know, like, what her period is, so her mom obviously hadn't her, told her about it. Uh, her mom is totally sexually repressed, like Laura was saying, because of the rape, it, and... Uh, basically De Palma does a really good job of capturing the psychological turmoil without having the same tools as like King did in the novel. He employed uh dream like camera of fog scenes, uh, to convey happiness that, you know, couldn't be that, you know, you'd get from the character's thoughts or shot, uh, sharp noises for tense seeds that Laura loves, but it's not too dramatic. And, um, the, the, so the the dialogue involves a lot of the accounts that were like testimony in the in the books uh that have a lot to do with their upbringing so it's it's a good adaptation as well
1: in a note to cycle the high school in Kerry is named bates high school and i think that this is a good twist on the whole trope because the child is a girl and aside from the telekinesis it could be very relatable Like high school is the worst
0: high school was the best for me i don't know it was the best time of my life It's
1: not high school itself. That's fine, but it's the whole changing bodies. It's the age getting to know yourself.
0: Right. I'm. Yeah. You're becoming a little adult, but you're not yet.
1: Yeah, and I I can't only. I can't even. We had the internet. I can't even imagine how it was pre-internet.
0: Oh, it must have been for people crazy. I mean, I I feel like a lot more people could have been misled, but maybe not so much because now nowadays it still happens mass on the internet, so that's another debate.
1: But at least you had like scientific journals. Right. It's I just figured it's a lot harder, especially since you know no internet. How how do they even write school papers without cheating?
0: I, I can't fathom that. But I also can't fathom how uniquely our generation didn't have internet when we were very young and we got it closer to when we were teenagers. Uh and that I, I don't I can't fathom how kids could have access to the internet at, a, at such a young age as they do i mean i'm sure it's monitored and all but you would I,
1: think i mean don't you know about that whole youtube child porn ring scandal
0: oh my god with with spider-man and uh
1: with all of it that shit is wild
0: and uh and Elsa by <laughs> that how it's crazy i don't i heard about that yeah
1: all of it it's crazy
0: is that i i don't know how deep it goes so i gotta
1: it's deep oof. I mean, we can do a whole non-related horror episode on just that bullshit. That shit is crazy. I'd rather not. You know, Pizza Gate, man. Anyways, <laughs> so Carrie was dope, and she burned down Bates High in flames. Um, but my favorite king of pyro is Donnie from Don't Go in the House.
0: Oh, pyromania. Yeah. Donnie.
1: Um, this movie's from 1979, directed by Joseph Ellison, and it is my feel-good movie. I don't know why. Don't look into it. It's just great. It's my favorite.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's nutty in that one, huh? <laughs> I like that he's from the Bronx. He definitely has an accent. Or like, he's from Brooklyn.
1: So, Donnie, he's an awkward and submissive shut-in. In the movie, he like he goes home from work and to find his mother dead. And at work, we can see that he freezes up when his co-worker catches on fire. And that scene is very
0: whoa, man, he just like spontaneously combust in the office.
1: No you freak. Remember there's like a, <laughs> there's like a paint can in the scene narrator. So they're zooming into the paint can, they're zooming into the fire. Oh,
0: they burn like, garbage.
1: Yes, yes, yes. A lot of garbage. Oh, trash garbage puns garbage. in that in that movie. It's great. So um when we we find out when he gets home why he why he froze up during the situation, we learn his mother was of course a religious lunatic. That would, quote-unquote, burn the evil out of him. She would use fire as a punishment when he was being bad or even when he was thinking about being bad. How does she even know? Like, I'm sorry, what? Is she crazy? How do you know what he's thinking? Oh, they Maybe know. you're the one who's crazy. They know. Bless your heart. Donnie.
0: They know. It's, it's a look in your eyes.
1: Donnie also has auditory and sometimes visual hallucinations. And I love my favorite part of the movie is when he finds out his mom is dead and the voices are like, oh, she can't hurt you now. And he starts he like, puts his music all the way up and then he jumps on the furniture and it's like a twisted, risky business.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's jumping on the chair. I saw the
1: it's so good. And I actually feel sorry for him because at one point he tries to get help from his friend and then he tries to get help from the priest. But, you know, they aren't psychiatrists. And, you know, sure, he's burning women in a metal dungeon, but we all have our vices. For the most part, I feel like he tries to be normal all while hearing these voices. And it just makes me really sad for him. So, yeah, it makes me feel really sad for him that he tries to be normal, but he can't.
0: So he he feels why is he doing it is, is he's killing these women. Obviously, there's probably schizophrenia. It sounds like.
1: Well, I think it's because his mother used to burn him because he was, you know, allegedly bad. Right. he was a normal boy.
0: So he's punishing these women.
1: Yeah, I guess because he never learned how to love.
0: <laughs>
1: I really fell for him when he went to the nightclub. And that girl's trying to force him to dance. I mean, he already said he doesn't dance. I get that. Like.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I just do it anyway, but it's pretty bad.
1: You know, the whole scene ends up being a literal disco inferno. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> no, it's you like... <laughs> Yeah, I did, and it's like you know, don't force people to dance, and you won't get burned. Yeah. How about that? I don't feel sorry for her. No yeah, means yeah. no, ladies. She she
0: she was being grabby. Nobody should be grabby. Don't be grabby. very
1: very, and and also there's so many other dudes there. Like hello, yeah. figure it out.
0: Well, she was into him. Yeah, he, he has.
1: Yeah, that's great. But if somebody doesn't want to dance, don't yeah. they don't they don't have to.
0: I feel like her hair caught fire. Like only only a '80s dude could.
1: Do you know how much hairspray was there?
0: Oh, too two, not enough, but there's never enough, but there was a sufficient amount to set her alight.
1: <laughs> enough. There's enough. It, it was hilarious. Yeah. That movie doesn't give me feel for him.
0: Yeah. It does a good job of humanizing him in a way and Cause explaining his psychosis.
1: Because he doesn't, I don't feel like he, I mean, post, yeah, during the killings, he's he loves it but like afterwards he really does feel kind of shitty about it because he goes to get holy water he tries to get help so he knows that what he's doing is not right yeah i don't know i just feel for him but i'm not a therapist whatever is it
0: is this the first one where they try to seek help i mean carrie
1: carrie does that you feel a lot for carrie
0: was trying to understand her.
1: you know right but also i don't feel too bad for her because we all get our (laughs) periods.
0: Well, it's what the gym teacher says. Like, she just wanted it. In the book, she says she just wants to, like, shake her. Like, she yeah. kind of, like, kind of resists her. Yeah, it's her just a like, bit.
1: It's like, hello, we all go through this, deal with it. Like she just wasn't giving, like, the yeah. correct coping mechanisms by her mother to deal with it.
0: It just so happens that she was also telekinetic.
1: Some of us win, some of us lose. Maniac. Oh, yeah. So, the last movie we're going to talk about is Maniac 1980 by Joe Spinell.
0: It's starring Elijah Wood, and it's shot in a first...
1: We're not talking about that one.
0: ...person perspective. No, that's the one I wanted to talk about. No, we're talking about
1: 1980. What the fuck are you talking about? Right, fine. You know, what's, you know what game this is? We can talk about both. Fine. Let's start with 1980, though, because it's first.
0: Is it, is it the same story? Because I didn't see that one.
1: I just want to know, <laughs> when I send you these movies with the fucking year next to the title, why?
0: I like this one better.
1: But that wasn't the plan. I I just need everyone to know that I work really hard, and then does this to spite me.
0: Um, what what is this movie about?
1: It's the same movie. The, the one Elijah was a remake. Oh. Um. So Mani-
0: It wasn't Heath Elijah Wood. Elijah. Not Heath Ledger.
1: It's Elijah Wood.
0: You said you said. Heath I never Ledger. said Heath Ledger. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. right.
1: No, I said the last movie we want to bring up is Maniac, nineteen eighty by Joe Spinell. Okay. So Maniac is about a guy named Frank who roams the streets of New York City killing and scalping women. Using those scalps, he decorates mannequins to look like his deceased mother. His mother, of course, was a sex worker. He abused him as a child. I guess there's some weird I want to fuck my mom thing there too. Right. But you. But he does get really emotional and like after the killings. like He's crying. Like You do feel for him as well because he's going through it.
0: He doesn't want to do it.
1: I mean, he definitely wants to do it because he gets joy when he's doing it. But afterwards, he really does, like, acknowledge the fact that that's really fucked up, and he gets really emotional. Does
0: he has like, does he, is he having orgasms while he's doing it? Is he actually? I would say in his yeah. Pants? yeah. Something's happening. Okay.
1: This movie struck a really big chord with feminists because they felt that the violence against women in this movie was really, really intense. Um, Tom, Tom Savini is actually in the movie, so he did the special effects for it. And everything's really gory and really, really, really violent. But at the end of the movie, I think it makes up for it because it's almost a revenge film where all the people that he's killed come and he's hallucinating that they're killing him.
0: Tear his face off.
1: But really, he right. the police go in and he find, find him lying in bed. And it looks like he committed suicide, like he cut himself. But then at the end of the movie, he opens his eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's what?
0: Oh, the final for the final scare. It's
1: like what really happened.
0: These mm? yeah, it up for you to decide. I like the remake with Elijah Wood was really good. Why? Yeah. Because.
1: I just let it be known that his face right now is so smug.
0: It's shot in first person, and it's uh, it's just interesting. It's cool. It's it's got re- really good uh, gore scenes and murder and uh is his
1: mom in the movie in that one or no
0: yeah uh, yeah big time it's the same thing like his mom was a sex worker
1: but in this movie they don't really show his mom
0: oh okay that that's a good they do it more in flashbacks
1: mm-hmm. this is another proof that remakes really have to dumb it down for people i guess really got to yeah. give you the whole story
0: yeah they they do they kind of uh have some sex scenes with with his mom in it and him as a little kid Wow. So they tell you this, this is what's going on and kind of spell it out for you. I like that it shot in first person and the and the death scenes are really good.
1: I can see why you liked it better.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I don't know.
1: Uh, well, in the in the original movie, some of his kills were inspired by Santa Sam.
0: I love that guy. No. Yeah, you do. Which ones? Like, did he do any like kills like by the lake?
1: Like, there's one yeah. where they're in the car. Remember how yeah. he killed those people that were in the car, and that really like in front of everybody. So that one's there, and it was really cool. And he kind of reminds me of David Berkowitz too. So, oh yeah, like like the actor himself. Like a chubby guy. Pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From New York, you know, just minus the dog. That's
0: With fine. The dog talking to him. Yeah.
1: But yeah, all of these movies as a whole just show that moms get a bad rap in horror. Like, there's not, there's never like a normal mom.
0: Yeah, and three on a meat hook, uh, was like a reverse psycho. And in that one, the mom turned out to be alive, but her, the dad was concealing.
1: Which is, why would anybody do that?
0: Her, her dad, de- concealing that she was alive because she had a cannibal disease where she had to be a cannibal.
1: You know, people say that about Queen Elizabeth.
0: That she was a cannibal? That she is
1: a cannibal. And that's the only reason why she has so much energy at oh, 91.
0: Oh, maybe. That, that could be it. Or also just like having lots of money.
1: Yeah, that I think that. I think that's the right answer.
0: And like good health. I think the
1: money thing health, is the right answer.
0: Care. But stuff.
1: you know, conspiracies are fun.
0: Right. Yeah. She bathes in the blood of virgins.
1: Mm-hmm. That's somebody else but oh. sure.
0: Wait, you that? know how hard it is to find a oh, virgin that's... in 2019, yeah. Dan?
1: Oh, yeah, I know.
0: Are you looking hard?
1: No, are you looking hard? No. Sounds like you might be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what's your favorite movie out of these?
0: I don't know. Probably Carrie. I like Carrie
1: a lot. I like Don't Go in the House.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You love that. That was a good one.
1: I love that movie, especially when he when he goes to buy his his suit for the for the club, yeah. and he's like, "Are you sure this one's cute? Like, are you sure?" Like he's so needy. It's so sad.
0: Yeah, because yeah, he's kind of like a like that in public, right? And then super sad and messed up inside.
1: There are parts where he where he becomes super like fuck boy, and he yells at them and hits the corpses. Right. It's really creepy. Like he just flips a switch. But I don't know what's going on there, but I do love that movie. It's all really cool too. I love the colors and the music is fun. Disco's fun, in theory.
0: Yeah, until you get until your hair catches on fire, because of the hair You family.
1: know who loves disco? Uh, our friend Betsy.
0: Oh, she loves it.
1: I think that, that was she, supposed to be a secret, but now the universe knows. Whatever, Betsy loves disco, especially the, the Bee Gees. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was
0: gonna say, that's good.
1: Disco fever.
0: My parents like disco, so I listened to a lot of it when I was a kid.
1: I don't remember my childhood very much. What am I repressing, Dan? What am I repressing?
0: Uh, I don't know. Good question. You don't pay me enough for, for that. That's not what I'm here for.
1: surely don't. <laughs> I surely don't. But yeah, man, all this mother shit is wild. There's so, many, there's so many avenues to go down with this. Maybe next year for Mother's Day 2020, we can cover something a little bit more wild yeah something but i i enjoyed this
0: mothers who kill or something
1: yep mm-hmm. next year next year
0: what was your least favorite
1: of all of these yeah. i guess to run a me hook
0: yeah me too <laughs> which we're
1: not even gonna really cover because fuck that i don't know it
0: made me laugh man. there's no point where are you gonna cut out what i said about it earlier no okay
1: we're gonna leave that in but i'm not we're not really gonna go in depth into oh, it
0: good good fun um all right so
1: well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode on mothers who's mother and please let us know what you think and follow us on instagram dan anything
0: you can follow me at i have the placeholder and check us out on itunes and make sure to leave five stars
1: and a special thanks to the one listener we have in australia and the other one in in somewhere in Canada Brazil Oh there was I a Brazil
0: said, Oh yeah Yeah obrigado
1: Also yeah that's really cool and terrifying But yeah thank you and happy mother's day Thanks everybody Bye summer might be ending, but with decor from the Home Depot, your dorm or apartment makeover is just beginning. From plush bedding, to stackable storage and decor, to the microwave you'll use more than you ever thought possible, the Home Depot has everything you need to get back to campus in style. You know, so mom doesn't worry about you too much. Get great savings on back-to-campus essentials. Shop decor now at HomeDepot.com. More saving, more kinds of doing. US only offer valid online through August 25th, limitations apply.